0: Okay. How's it going, gentlemen? Hey gentlemen. How are you?
1: What's going on? How, How are, are
0: you? It? We are doing well. Cool. Thank you. Man. And and prompt. Look at that. Early even.
2: That's awesome. (laughs) You know, it's funny. We were we were just actually having like a really deep intellectual conversation about how you can't practice blast beats for eight hours a day. Physically, you can't do that. You can't do that. And we decided we we needed to stop it, and we needed to join in on the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's
0: great. That's fantastic. Well, I I would expect nothing less uh, than a deep philosophical uh, conversation uh, with a name like Pathos and Logos. You know.
1: Oh thanks
0: man (laughs) Um, yeah it was one of the questions I was going to ask in the show I thought no that's kind of silly like if you ever became a trio would it be pathos logos and athos
1: well,
3: our joke for it is that ethos invested in apple in the 80s and he doesn't need us
1: anymore
0: so there you go right yeah because uh, I, I uh one of my jobs is a english composition instructor so when we do an argument I, I teach my students how to look at how arguments are made and it's appeals to logos and ethos and pathos and and um why how they're how they work together to to create a good argument you know and you can't just use a pathos alone because you know you got to you got to have some logos behind that.
2: That's so. true. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah.
0: So it is great to to meet you. Thank you for for taking the time to uh spend mm-hmm. with us tonight.
2: Thanks for having us, man. It's good. We're we're happy to be here. Oh yeah, we're super pumped, man. Like it's um we're, we've kind of like wound down the the touring itinerary for the year, yeah. And so it's nice to be able to kind of do these things again. Um, I mean, we we done some interviews from the the cab of a U-Haul box truck earlier. This that year. is real. We did wow. an interview from the inside of a U-Haul box
0: truck in Columbia, South Carolina. Wow. So it is much nicer to
3: do it here.
1: Yeah, it's it funny you say that because
0: our usual interview it, we usually broadcast from a U-Haul box truck. So um, that's oh. kind of where. No, that, that's right. Uh, that's great, though. I mean, it's nice to be settled in. Tours all done. I can kind of rest for a little while. You know, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we're we're getting ready to do the same. Actually, we've been doing this show for steadily for about the last eighteen months. This is episode, mm-hmm. what is it, chop uh, eighty five, something 85. like that. 80, 80, yeah. yeah, so um, we're we're looking forward to taking some downtime. We got we got two more weeks uh, shows, and then uh, we're going to take a couple three months off and just uh, you know get a get a breather. So it's nice to do that
3: hell yeah you have to yeah you do yeah on on a long enough timeline you have to
0: Mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly so um well listen i i we don't want to keep you forever uh we have a lot of fun questions did did nikki um tell you anything about our format or at all or um anything of the sort
2: She just kind of hinted at his uh like it'd be horror movies heavy metal and a lot of fun and so here we are (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, well fantastic. Yeah, we, we do that. Um yeah, uh one of our members isn't here tonight. He's do he's doing the grandpa duties with all of his young little grandkids. So um oh. but we're just a bunch of friends. We've known each other. I mean, Chop and I have known each other god, uh thirty 35 years, something like that. And the other guy, uh, our team, uh, Dreadbull, we've known each other for 45 years. So we're wow. just a bunch of longtime friend knuckleheads who like to bust each other's balls and have fun. And, hey. uh, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and the fact that we get to talk with guys like yourselves, I mean that's more than we ever expected out of this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when it started happening, we're just like, OK, um, this is kind of crazy, right? I mean, do you know what we're getting to do? So so it's just really awesome. We appreciate it.
1: Well, we've been having a blast doing this
2: stuff. Um, I mean... Heavy metal and horror are two of our favorite things. So that's a
0: complete protein, actually. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Metal, you know I, I mean? know you can't have one yeah. without the other, can you? I mean,
2: <laughs> no, you really can't. You
0: know, when you combine them, sometime, Oh, looks like Chomp Tom. I think his internet just went out, so we'll wait till he comes back in. But no, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I like when you can even combine them. Some of the the good, hor- hell, cheesy heavy metal movies or horror movies that are about heavy metal bands. You know, that's right. Dude. That's yeah. Right. Or you uh, forget the name of it now. It's a. I want to think it's like Swedish or Norwegian. This black metal band like summons the devil or something like that. It's like a horror comedy, and yeah. uh, you know it's like oh okay, you know black metal and and Satan and and horror. Like what more do you want? You know, dude, get to me.
3: It's funny that you said. I think about that. He and I talk about this all the time. So in addition to doing pathos and logos. I uh, play for a bunch of local blues bands out here in Colorado. And the guitar player, my buddy John from this one band... Beautiful, elegant, like true country blues guitar, guys obsessed with horror. Mm -hmm. And so then, like you, I feel it's like seeing a unicorn. He gets up and he's ripping this beautiful solo. You know, like we're playing, you know, I don't know, Sweet Home Chicago or something like that. He's up there and he's like, dude, I watched the thing again today. Like, and I'm just like, you're some kind of anomaly, dude. Like, you should be a metal guy. Like but instead, he's
2: all with Stevie Ray Vaughan. Well, in his yeah. defense, I mean, The Thing is a classic. I, was, oh, yeah. I actually was thinking about the movie The Thing just last night. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, I watched
3: the the jet. The, it's that's what that's what. How many of those movies from the batch from the fifties? You know, like The Thing from Outer Space and The Fly. You know, that got remade in the eighties. Mm-hmm. There was the Blob, the blob that they did in eighty eight uh, too. Uh, mm-hmm
1: yeah Yeah. the
0: body
2: snatchers
3: right
1: yeah yeah, that came out
0: in 78 yeah invaders from mars um yeah a lot of a lot of those uh were were fairly successful i like the original invaders from mars and i love the thing from another world you know the original oh Oh. sure you just can't get better than that as far as pure 50s sci-fi it is one of the best you know written and acted um you know, and I just love the way the dialogue, everyone's kind of stepping on one another's dialogue and it it's just it's just beautiful, you know. Howard Hawks <laughs> has his hands all over that one.
3: Dude, <laughs> the uh I did my homework on Earth versus the spider nice. like a year or two ago. And the like, just the, like the big, sh- like shitty, like superimposed tarantula, but <laughs> yeah. like, just the image of the spider, like in black and white, like wasn't menacing enough. So, like, there was that track of a guy going and and I'm like what was that what would that guy say if he was on a date so what do you do oh I was the guy in earth versus the spider who was making the weird gargling noises as the monster approached on screen you know well, they Tell gotta be saying more. something.
0: Well, yeah, when they're that big, yeah. you probably hear them, you know. Yeah, that was <laughs> just right. on. I, I think that was just on uh, during Halloween week. You know, Turner Classic and all lot of the movie channels have these great movies on, and that was one of the ones that was on. And I and I love that. I'll, Earth versus the Spider. I'll just put it on every day. You know. It's oh just, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, that's classic. So, well, listen, guys, let's. Uh, I'm. We're gonna do our great, amazing intro, and then we're gonna get right, right, uh,
2: right to asking some questions. How's that? Sounds good. Let's do it. I love it. Excellent. All right. Hey, this is Daniel D.K. from Exciter, Diamonds, Banger TV, and way too many other things to list. And you are listening to Heavy Metal Horror.
0: I am Montag, Master of Illusion. What goes up must come down. But not always. Hey, this is Chop Top, keep it heavy. <laughs> and you are watching and listening to Heavy Metal heavy. Horror.
1: Oh. Chop, you're breaking up, man. The internet. Uh, I don't know you're what's break- happening with my phone. I don't know what's happening. We had this uh, problem last time. Yeah. I, I, I oh, switched no. even from the Wi-Fi to data and it's still getting shit. So I don't know uh am i still breaking up
0: uh it's 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 not as bad no man it's not as bad okay now let so. keep my mouth shut everybody likes that anyway so. yes that would be the best thing for the show <laughs> finally after a year and a half <laughs> yeah yeah fuck let me. the talent <laughs> do the work
1: yeah. the all right guys hey we want to welcome
0: pathos and logos to heavy metal horror guys thank you for taking some time to spend with us
1: right thank on you. thanks for having us guys
0: yeah, this is exciting. Um, you know, I like, we'd like to start with uh, broad questions and, and some background questions. So, when did you guys first get into music?
3: Ooh. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's probably fair to say. We didn't, we, we, I don't think we stood a chance at doing anything else. My mom had me listening to the Beatles and the Everly brothers, you know, pretty much in the womb. So,
2: yeah. And I moved around a lot as a kid uh, between Alaska, Georgia, Colorado, um, Washington state. So my best friend became my cassette Walkman. And uh, my mother was always open to uh, like letting me buy music, even at a young age. So, I mean, I would tell you, I first started getting into music in like, like 87 and 88 with like you know 80s pop music <laughs> for sure um and then that kind of uh, I don't know it, elaborated from there I guess like started getting like Motley Crue uh singles and uh you know Green Day things like that yeah stuff with distorted guitars <laughs> stuff with distorted sure. guitars Absolutely. right right yeah
0: exactly so so what attracted you to progressive metal as a genre
2: Oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, um, that's, that we've not gotten that one before. Either. Yeah, we that's haven't true. gotten that one before. That's, I, that's, so. I I
0: had find that hard to believe. I mean, you guys are a progressive metal duo. I mean, yeah. come on. No, I,
3: I I know it might sound counterintuitive, but no one has ever asked us what drew us to progressive metal specifically. Welcome For my to part,
0: the real podcast, gentlemen. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. on the you messed it up before. <laughs> <laughs> You're finally in the right place. <laughs> yes. You know it. <laughs> uh, the truth of the matter is, man, it's like I know for myself that uh I obviously like I like a lot of metal stuff, you know, definitely kind of in that thrash and early death metal camp. Uh, but I also have a jazz background, you know what I mean? I played in a bunch of trios and quartets back in New Jersey. I'm originally from New Jersey, uh, going to Philadelphia, New York, and stuff, and playing jazz. So the 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 Metal in a certain way, I don't want to, it's not exclusively doing this, but one of the pathways or avenues that it has started to take is very similar to me to the path that jazz took. Like in the 30s, you had the dance bands and then those cats ended up getting sick of playing all the same charts. So they packed into these bars and clubs until a million o'clock in the morning and they came up with bebop. Now I'm sure that you would agree on the subject of progressive metal. It started to turn into that. It started to become listening music. You've got guitar players with degrees in jazz performance going out and buying eight strings and starting bands. And so I just liked the idea of uh, of it being like a, a living, moving language that you know that it wasn't um, it wasn't static. It's not museum music that you can still change things and take risks and stuff. So you get to just stretch out. It's cool. And I
2: have a one word answer for you:
3: Mashuga.
1: Oh,
2: okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, Mashuga. I-
3: yeah, that's, Meshuggah's
2: probably uh, the, b- b- my all-time favorite metal band. Yeah, films. I'm right there with you. I mean, I at that time in my life, I was listening to much, you know, uh, like, blues-inspired metal or rock, and even, like, new metal and stuff like that. And then uh, a, a dude at a record store, like, handed me a Meshuggah CD, the Chaosphere album. And, yeah, after that, it was all about, well, polyrhythms, time signatures, you know, playing fast, playing slow, just just... The technicality and the prog of it all just kind of came to the forefront for me.
3: And that record specifically, Mm -hmm. to be that uncompromisingly heavy but
2: still feature that much variety and creativity, that's hard to do. I mean, that I, that's why I could almost say, like I can pinpoint it, Mashuga, <laughs> Mashuga is definitely the fork in the road for me. I was in the parking lot of uh, Vintage Vinyl in Ford's
3: New Jersey. Shout out Vintage Vinyl. What's up? And uh, <laughs> my buddy Scott played me the Contradictions, Collapse, and None EPs. And I remember like as an 18 year old kid listening to it and being like, this is so objectively superior to what so many other bands are doing. Why doesn't everyone do this? Well, it turns out that it's because Meshuggah doesn't suck at music. They're pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You go beyond the three chords, you know, La Bamba and R O C K in the USA, it's the same, you know, same three chords, but you know, it, there's nothing wrong with that. ACDC that's has right. made a shit ton of money by playing like the same bluesy five chords you know uh in every song you know motorhead has made a a, a, was a legendary band and the ramones you know with with a simple hook it's like nothing wrong with that but i'm with you in there i mean uh, both chop and i we we love progressive metal as well and because it's the journey as a musician myself it's like i appreciate watching other musicians go oh okay wow fuck that's that's just amazing you know yeah
3: You also touched on something there, Montague, about on the subject of just like ACD, like Phil Rudd with like the big, gigantic, like four rack and you know, and the. The heads on those things are still probably from the late seventies. Like the guy's taken five drum fills in fifty years, but right. you know. But <laughs> although it is true, it's uh, you know, it's exciting to play this challenging music. That's something that you know. I'll say a good, a good way to say it is: we try to stay conscientious of uh, the fact that what you are saying is true. You know, a band like ACDC or the Stones or the Beatles and stuff like that. It doesn't have all those moving parts that you get with a band like animals as leaders or chan or something but if they've got a very broad reach you know like it's it's rare is the person you know who either has never heard of or doesn't like at least one song by these classic acts yeah totally right
0: whereas other bands are, are more ephemeral you know like not a lot of people follow opeth where i think they're one of the most exciting bands around but then you oh, listen yeah. to everyone ask everyone like they'll know black and black but like Blackwater Park. What are you talking about? You
2: know, the right. Yeah. Right. Blackwater Park is things? my favorite Opeth
1: album for sure. Yeah. yeah excellent. I was going to ask you guys, what are some of your, what are some of your uh, favorite progressive or progressive metal bands that you really enjoy just listening to or that have influenced you maybe, or, Totally.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I know for me, I mean, meshuga has got to be like number one up there for me uh, because that was the catalyst for kind of getting me into this kind of music. And then from there, I mean, I'd be lying to you if I told you I liked every single Animals as Leaders album. Um, but the Joy of Motion and that very first Animals as Leaders, I think it's just called Animals as Leaders. Right? It that might be just the, yeah, the self-title. Cap- yeah, it's got capo. Yeah, self Yeah. Both of those are like, amazing, amazing albums, if you ask me. Um, Angel Vivaldi puts out great stuff, too. I'm a real big fan of his. Um, Personally, I like bands and artists in the genre that um, don't just rely on their technical abilities. Um, Like, if they can work a hook or a, a singable, memorable melody, into the song you've got me like i'm a sucker for it you got me yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i gotta come with
3: you on that man i mean i I definitely like meshuga i like animals as leaders and stuff you know uh bad polyphia intervals you've got these amazing artists plenty yeah Mm -hmm. but um but as you said, every single selection doesn't always appeal mm-hmm. because uh, you, you, although it's absolutely mind-blowing what some of these world-class musicians can play, you, you've got to have something to hold on to. You know, that song, Physical Education? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gives you something, dude. Yeah,
0: so. right. Oh. but they, But you can appreciate they're pushing those boundaries of art. You know, in their them. it's like with David Bowie. It's like I love David Bowie, but not everything he does is something like yeah. There's some hit and miss, but I still love the fact that he's pushing boundaries for his own art. Like he's trying things. He's he's happy and satisfied. Just like with a lot of the bands that you're messing, it's like I I love that they're taking risks and they're making themselves happy. So, you know, that's pretty awesome in and of itself, you know. You you are exactly
3: right about that. You know what? Actually, the very same guy, my buddy Scott, who showed me Meshuggah at first, has a kind of a good philosophy that's congruent with what you were saying, and it's something that I believe, is that, yeah, like, even your favorite artists, if they're staying true to their vision, and they're pushing those boundaries, like you described, you shouldn't like everything that they do you know there's going to be certain things that either leave you cold or a little lukewarm because they're
2: you know riding the
3: wave of what they want to be doing
2: right yeah that's um i I think we've touched down on something important there and i i'm super attracted to bands and artists that push the envelope just for the sake of pushing the envelope Mm -hmm. even if they're a you know a country artist if they're pushing Mm -hmm. the envelope for country music awesome. You've got my attention. I'm going to support what you're doing. Um, and so Paul's correct. Like if you're, if, if it's just kind of like um, homeostasis when you're listening to your favorite band, then maybe they're not really pushing the envelope that much, you
0: know? Yeah. Right. No, I agree. I, I'm going to mention a band. Uh, I don't, I don't, I've never done this before. Well, maybe a few suggestions as a band. Have you ever heard of Shaolin death squad?
2: No.
3: I uh, have heard that name, but I've not heard any of it. It's either. the
0: famous Shaw Brothers movie from the '70s, but there's this band. Uh, the drummer is Matt Thompson, the drummer for King Diamond. Oh, this is okay. his progressive, melodic, metal band. That that that's a that's a rough estimate of it. I, I'm going to suggest just go to YouTube. You can find it there. The, band, the album "Intelligent Design." Okay. If you're going to hear that first album is going to hook you. Because it's got like the harmonies that you hear from like King's X or those kinds of bands. You hear these lush harmonies, almost like Beatle-like. But then you have these really intricate, syncopated like melodic sections that goes into like death metal blast beats with both death metal singing and clean singing. And every song is just kind of this journey, like, Oh, where are we going to go with this song? Um, intelligent design, shell and death squad. They all come out dressed like ninjas too, don't they? Yeah. They, they yeah they wear and on a concert. <laughs> they all, they're all <laughs> they wearing their ninja uniforms. Uh, you know, and there's a playthrough. Matt Thompson has a video where he's just playing the drums through, um, for, for one of the songs on there. It's called, uh, uh, was it a, a terrible way to use a sword or something like that it's great <laughs> but he's just doing his playthrough wearing his black ninja costume um playing that but uh yeah i i came across them uh just kind of accidentally after talking with matt matt was on our show uh earlier this year and i'm like yeah. oh god shao and death squad these these guys are amazing so oh
2: that's great yeah. so if
0: you like them if you listen to them we'd love to know what you think you know okay yeah. absolutely
2: yeah we'll check it out we'll shoot
1: you a message excellent you thanks know-
2: you know what I'm going to say. Tell it to me. Uh, the uh, I
3: have uh, endless respect for bands that come out and they're in some kind of full costume or regalia or something. Uh, you know where I'm going with this already. Uh, about 11 or 12 years ago, I was briefly, probably about the lion's share of the year, eight or nine months, I was the drummer for a Jersey thrash band. I think they are on Nuclear Blast at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, called Swashbuckle, where every song was about being a pirate. We all Excellent. dressed up as pirates. Nice. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the ninja, a, yeah. the ninja thing is, you know, if you're head to toe, man, that's that's yeah, gonna get full face, stage. You know, dude. full
0: face, like you can't see who they are. I think it's brilliant. You know, um, yeah, I would have trouble. Like, you know, I can't. You know, the guys in Guar, they wear all this stuff. It's like there's just so much there. As a drummer and guitarist, it's like you know, I don't want anything obscuring. My ability mm-hmm. to move, but but yeah, these, these guys are brilliant. But um that's good. So Jersey, so you you uh, you know you must be uh, have grown up around uh, you know with the Smithereens. They're a huge. Jersey band. Oh well. yeah,
3: dude. The, the the Smithereens I think formed in a town that was only
0: like an hour or so away from where I grew up, dude. Yeah, yeah they a, were really really good. Such a great mm-hmm. such a great band. Yeah. So, um well, let's talk talk a little bit about your creativity and and process. Um you know, you're a duo, so how did you decide to stay a two-piece band? Uh
2: well, I guess you know, we, we really didn't make the decision to do it. Uh, we were kind of forced into this situation. Um, we've always played in more traditional bands, whether it be a three piece, a four piece, you know, singers, whatever, and uh, the latest iteration of uh, the instrumental prog band that we were doing was this band called The Caveat. And uh, the bass player that we had with us is an excellent bass player. Uh, his name's Nick Schaefer. And uh, what can we say? We, he got hired by Elon Musk and Tesla. And uh, I mean, he literally came to a show one night. We played a sold out show down in Denver. And uh, he walks in and he's like, well, boys, uh, I'm going to have to fly out <laughs> like tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. because I got hired by Elon and he left all his gear behind and everything. So uh, yeah, exactly. So And then the, the lead guitar player we had at the time, because I've, I've been a, a rhythm player my entire life, but the lead guitar player that we had at the time is Mikey Stansel, the fellow who is the lead guitar player for the band Legion uh, on Metal Blade. And they're busy touring and doing their whole thing. So it ultimately just ended up being distilled down to the two of us. And uh, we found that we got so much more done as the two of us, because Paul, Paul and I were always the ones that were really kind of pushing, um, pushing the band and trying to get out and, and stuff like that. And uh, once it was just us, we were able to go and do that. It was almost like the reins were taken off of us in a way. Yeah. And we just, we just went crazy, man. We just went absolutely nuts. Yeah. It was surprising to discover.
0: Okay. Is that why you also chose to be like an instrumental band as well? Because of the, the freedom of not having to worry about writing lyrics.
3: Yeah, I, I would say that that's a significant portion of it. Yeah. You know, like we were, we were already kind of in the, you know, the realm of the progressive thing. And, um, <clears throat> a, a little bit of not wanting to worry about uh, lyric writing, but also honestly, it, it was all, it to my mind it was almost the principal motivation was to keep it just us mm-hmm. you know like we oh man gotta text the group uh, the band text uh, thread and you just text one guy you know like yeah you, it's real easy to have a band meeting
2: kyle you want to go play in texas okay and then <laughs> yeah, and then you can go and then you're yeah and then you're going um and it it did. It just made it a lot easier yeah. to to kind of move around. But to further answer your question, um, the, the band that we were in before was made almost to highlight this really young, hot shot lead guitar player, Mikey Stansel. The dude's amazing. Um, and so, you know, when it got to be where he was just out so much that we were handicapped and couldn't go out and do anything, uh, I had to put on my big boy pants. And learn to, play, learn to play some solos or uh, just basically take that take that hat and run with it. And since then, um, you know, we've had a lot of people like offer to do vocals and stuff like that and, and ask, but I don't know if we, I don't want to say never, but I don't, I could see us doing
3: some other project with more personnel. Yeah. But I kind of feel like Bathos and Logos is pretty much just going to stay this, this is the brain
0: trust right here, yeah. right? Yeah, why well, muck up a good song with with horrible lyrics, right? You know, yeah. I mean, we don't we don't want to like Britney Spears this, you know, while we if we can avoid it. <laughs> we don't, you know, we don't need Mariah Carey coming in, and uh, right,
1: no, no, definitely kiss. not. Yeah, a lot of Kiss <laughs> yeah. lyrics would be good, too. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, throw in some random Kiss lyrics. That'd be a great album. Take all the Kiss lyrics, put them in one line time, throw in a bucket, and like pull them randomly out of a bin <laughs> and make up a song that would be fantastic on, lick
1: it up <laughs> on pathos <laughs> of logos the right. record yes yeah. of death <laughs> see that's 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 awesome
0: <laughs> kiss my pathos right um <laughs> let's let's talk you said you're finishing up touring let's talk a little bit about that touring uh as far as when you're playing out do you prefer smaller intimate venues or larger arenas um you know from a fan's point of view uh being so close to a, a band is fantastic but what's it like from from your point of view?
2: Um, I, will bend that one, I guess, to take, uh, to take it first. So, you know, playing like in a festival setting or something like that is always awesome. You know, that's, that's hard to, to beat. Uh, but there is really something nice about playing, um, you know, like a small intimate venue and the place just being packed out. Uh, you know, people are right in your face. You can touch them. You can see them. You can look them right in the eye and, uh, to see the satisfaction on people's faces, right in front of your face as it's happening. That's cool. Um, because you don't get that immediate response when the crowd is, you know, fucking 30 feet from you, you know what I mean? It just, it's inherent in people being that far away from you, you know? yeah I, I i almost just ditto you know i think both kind of situations have
3: their own individual charm uh cool as it is like i would say to be up on the big stages and stuff there is there's something about the intimate setting i know for my part um part of that is having a positive association with playing like jazz
2: and fusion gigs and those like really small tightly packed places there's, There's something to it. And for me, I I know I don't look like it, but I grew up like a hardcore kid. I loved East Coast hardcore music. And so that was one of the reasons I moved out to Jersey in the first place and how I ended up meeting Paul. I went to Jersey because of that hardcore scene that was happening up in the Northeast at that time. And uh, man, there's something about those hardcore shows where you just pack a bunch of kids in a fucking warehouse and throw some amps over in the corner and let people go nuts. It's 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 a different kind of energy man like it's it's apples and oranges honestly
0: yeah it's almost like playing uh i was in a lot of bands when i was in college and and there's some of the good good little bar gigs but you also play house parties and that has that energy too you know it's like way too loud for the house the cops are gonna show up eventually but you're having the best fucking time you've ever had and it's like the same drum kit amplifiers and like everyone's gonna play five songs you know (laughs) and and so no i i totally get it um okay Still touring.
2: What's your favorite food to eat on the road? Oh, this is a good question. This is a good question. Uh, th- it's funny you would bring that up because we actually s- we eat out so much on the road uh, and that we've been out on the road so much this year that we started our own uh, like YouTube series about it. I, 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 it. I,
0: I saw <laughs> a little bit of that, like, traveling. I'm like, OK, because we usually ask people what they like to eat on the road because these are the kind of things that we want to know. You know, like we let's. I mean, you get the same ten questions every time you do an interview.
2: We're trying to do something a little different, you know. So, I get, this year I've grown an affinity towards waffles for whatever reason. Maybe it's because it, when you in Texas, if you stay at a Days Inn in Texas. You, they have these waffle makers where you make waffles in the shape of Texas. And-
0: It must be really big too. I mean, they can't be
2: small. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a big one. It's a lot of waffle. It's man. a lot of waffle, dude. Just like, you know, rows of these- Texas sized waffle makers. And so uh yeah, the waffles have been hitting the spot this year. Yeah, Virginia. you've
3: ate, you've eaten a lot of waffles. So we went to a place just a couple of weeks ago in Oklahoma City called Waffle Champions. Yes.
2: <laughs> it was amazing. It was really- Really, really good. You guys, I would actually, I would champion waffle champion yes. as one of the best places that we ate out on the road this year. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The fucking place was great. It was, it was awesome, dope, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, we went there twice. We went there two <laughs> days in a row. We came
3: back. It was so good. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Nice. So what is one of your most outrageous touring stories you can share? We like, we like hearing road stories and we have heard the gambit of like insane <laughs> Kind of stuff that some people said. Are you still recording this? Like, I I can edit it out. So, what's the most insane road story that you can share with us?
3: Well, so there's a couple to pick from, but I mean, what instant? This is relatively recent. What instantly comes to my mind was Austin, dude. What do you mean? What's you? We had played in Austin. You got had that sandwich. And then you threw your fucking guts up all (laughs) night long, and then wake up in the morning, and he's like, "Paul, someone died in this bathroom." Like, he's like, "I was in there for hours, yeah, you know." And I'm looking at at the the more I examine, the more I realize that's blood. That's definitely human blood. Oh, that is for fucking sure. Some blood, blood like holes in the walls, weird shit
2: like in the corners of the room.
0: Yeah. This was all there pre-vomiting or post-vomiting?
2: Oh, no, this was this was pre-vomit for sure. Okay, so you walked, dry into blood.
0: A, you walked into a murder uh, a murder scene then. Murder, okay. Yeah, hey. yeah, it's like
3: somebody was conducting some blood right in the bathroom and nice. did a terrible fucking
2: job of cleaning up after <laughs> the What's funny is neither of us noticed until I got sick that night, and I was spending so much time up close and personal with that fucking toilet <laughs> that uh, as I'm like looking around, like I just see there's blood everywhere. Yeah,
0: you don't have your black light spectrum to see the whole spectrum of other bodily fluids laying around. It's probably for the <laughs> probably for the better, you know. Thank yeah, yeah. goodness. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Really good yeah. Cool. yeah. Again, yeah. Yeah. you Guys, again. Yeah. guys, I got
2: I got another one for you. You'll get sure. a kick out of this. Oh, Okay, so a couple of years ago, I don't remember how many years ago this was now, but we played uh, Area 51 Festival. And so um, in the midst of playing, I think it was a cover of Love Song. It was the Obsidian Expanse. Is that what it was? We were playing Obsidian. We were playing a song called Obsidian Expanse. And this dude, somehow he was able to get up on stage. And, um, you know, I thought he was giving me a hug. And so he gets his arms around me. And once he did, he he reaches in, screamed in my ear, and then bit down on my right ear. And he bit through it. And- uh, Was I mean, his name was... Tyson, by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, we don't know what that dude's name was. He did get, he got kicked off stage and then he like disappeared out into the crowd. Wow. And uh, he. it was just a bad situation. I had to go and get- So many shots and stuff for it. I still have a scar on my ear where this dude just like bit through my ear. And it continues to haunt me because we put up a YouTube video just not even a month ago. And one of the comments on that YouTube video is Hey, how was your ear? Uh Oh. I know.
0: We're pathos and logos, not lobos, right?
2: Yeah. Wow. Well, that's that
0: you have it still intact is awesome. Um, and and that's that's a terrifying story. I mean, uh, really passionate fans, I guess. You know.
3: Well, the guy was on some bizarre cocktail drugs. You know, like we had access that day to an RV. It was in the state of Colorado, so we traveled down in this RV. Uh, and so we're like self-contained. We're doing our thing. Kyle's tending to his ear and stuff. Then this fucking guy, like something from a George Romero film, walks up and starts climbing up into the RV. I literally gentlemen, Wesley Snipes kicked this motherfucker in his chest, dude, <laughs> dude. And dude, that he was just primal screaming, fucking. You had to run He was falling. Boys, we're all adults. We're people of the world here. When, When I tell you that this human was repeatedly standing up, screaming, and then falling flat on his face like he was prostrating himself before the god of injury, over and over again, this man would get up and then fall flat on his fucking face. And um, it, it yo, the and he was like fucking like with it was like he was hitting on girls in a creepy way and stuff. It took a while for the security to get the guys out of it. That's the one thing I would say is that dude was allowed to stay way too long. Yeah,
0: yeah. It sounds like he uh, might have just been coming back from Burning Man. You know. Uh- <laughs>
1: with a little too much like, burning. Like an asshole.
2: Yeah. Uh, it was like he was going through the transformation when Evil gets stabbed in Fright Night and he's just screaming and uh, flailing wow. all over the place. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh less dramatic was uh the transformation scene in an American Werewolf in London. Less go.
0: dramatic. Yeah, cuz <laughs> you knew you scene? expected that. You knew what was it right. <laughs> right.
3: And yes, it had
1: better background
0: right. music, you know. I mean, you <laughs> know cre- <Creedence laughs> playing how, you know, come uh, on um all right guys we're gonna switch gears a little bit we're gonna i'm gonna ask you some hypothetical situations here all right, all right. okay yeah. an alien shows up and asks you to represent metal in three songs what would those songs be and why do we have to perform the songs or do we just like no no just play, you just say no back? you just let them know like hey they're looking for a list
3: this race is just
2: mining for information about humankind and this particular subgenre of music. Got it. Okay. Um it there has to start with a black Sabbath track. Sure. Right? Has to start with a black Sabbath track. Um Man, three songs, huh? That's wild, man. Yeah. I'd say you'd have to go with a Black Sabbath track. Um i mean this is just me i would throw ace of spades by motorhead in there and then give them something a little more modern like i don't know what band is like crushing it like i don't know maybe a lamb of god track or something
1: sure
2: sure yeah
3: wow i yeah i would yeah start with something like a, a a sabbath track like you know uh I don't know, Snowblind or Symptom of the Universe or something, and then like one by Metallica, Metallica. and then maybe like a Meshuggah song. That's, that's, well, it's appealing the idea of like. Here's three, it will present some kind of continuum. Yeah, yeah. Like you couldn't have had Frederick Ford and all if you didn't first have Tony Iomi. Totally. You know? Yeah,
2: yeah, you're, you're 100% right. Yeah, those are good. His are better than mine. Let's go. Yeah, sure ev- it is.
0: every tune down guitar, we have to thank Iomi for that. You know? That's right. 100%. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, okay. If you could cover an entire album and play it live, which album
2: would it be? Oh, that one's easy for me. Uh, when, so I had a guitar teacher when I was, uh, younger and he was murdered. So after that, I never took lessons again, but I would just learn to play albums from start to finish. So there's numerous albums that I can play note from note for note from start to finish. Uh, but my favorite one of all time that I could actually play and rehearse it back to you would be around the fur by the deftones, like every single note, start to finish, even the hidden track. Uh,
3: I would now buckle up because this is they're going to te- they're going to revoke my medal card for this voice they're going to take it away from me i would if i could cover the entire wait for it spin doctor's pocket full of kryptonite
0: wow oh, yeah. okay I, I did that, not, I, yeah. yeah i did not expect yeah. that one that's a very poppy happy happy ghost happy album, you know
3: yeah dude we listen to a
2: lot of spin doctor's pocket full of kryptonite <laughs>
3: on the record fellas. Th- that the record. album made it into my brain in that like crucial like 11 to 14 years old window right um, at, at a time when i hadn't really fully discovered metal yet um i was only sort of peripherally aware of it when i was that young and so like it just of all albums that album made the kind of like baby duck impression on me sure.
0: right so
3: and and as fate would have it they're also all killer musicians mm-hmm. you know what i mean aaron Thomas on drums and you know chris barron singing. yeah they're 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 great, man. They're definitely talented musicians. Whether you appreciate their music or you don't, yeah, so I, would, nice. I would go with that
0: one. Uh, coincidentally
2: I- enough, I grew up liking Spin Doctors a lot too. Yeah. It's it's not like my Desert Island Record or anything like that, but when he like, he's like, hey, uh, uh, I'm not sure if you know this about me, but. Uh, <laughs> I love pocket full of kryptonite. I was like, I love pocket full of kryptonite too, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like coming
3: coming out of the pocket full of kryptonite closet, just being like. Please don't
0: ask me <laughs> to have my tattoos removed. Yeah. Right. No, no, <laughs> that's awesome. That's good. That's good. That's um, well, we had mentioned earlier, we were talking, uh, you know, you're your horror fans. That's, that's fantastic. So uh, I'd like to hear what some of your favorite horror movies are. We already discussed the thing. Um, and uh, Fright Night, I remember you mentioning. So what are some of your favorite horror movies that you remember, you know, either from childhood or just like, oh, yeah, these are my, these are my favorite go-to's?
2: Boy, that's, I mean, it's tough to. To not list like every single well, I mean
0: it is a horror
2: pot. It's yeah. true. Like i right. I'm sure heavy metal movies. and horror. We got time. Yeah. yeah. Actually, our our, our
0: next uh-huh. show we're we're doing later on this evening. We're we're talking with King Fowley of Deceased, and uh he's gonna be we're gonna be talking about Hammer and Amicus movies. So we're we're doing a whole show on Hammer films. Nice
2: so, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That is cool. That is cool. Well, okay, so I guess like favorite horror movies. I mean, man, lately I've been watching a lot of eighties vampire movies so like i don't know if it's just the nostalgia thing behind it or whatever but like i wouldn't say they're necessarily all my favorite but yeah fright night lost boys i've just watched the lost boys yesterday again mm-hmm. um Monst- monster squad you know no. it's kind of kind of hard to fuck with monster squad from <laughs> back in the day um more current movies i mean man prometheus i thought prometheus mm-hmm i don't know if that technically falls into horror sci-fi horror kind of thriller but alien
0: skirt set alien definitely skirts that you know yeah certainly
2: that that prometheus i thought prometheus is i mean this is going to sound bad but i almost liked it better than any of the other alien movies in the franchise if you want to lump it in with them it's a solid Um, movie yeah i like it i I, I thought it was great um and then you know what, man? The classics for me always. When I was growing up as a kid, and even till even through this day, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I just mm-hmm. love love Nightmare on Elm Street. Of the slasher films, that's my favorite character. That's my favorite franchise. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, those uh, first
0: two movies are definitely have that quality, and it, it gets silly as it goes. But the, yeah, that's <laughs> that's how expected. But yeah, those first two movies. Mm-hmm. I think the second one actually, arguably, a better movie. But um, you know, that's those are both fun. Yeah.
2: agreed I like I mean Freddy's revenge Freddy uh, Nightmare on Ultra 2 is super graphic and like you could argue that Freddy Krueger I think is probably the scariest in Freddy 2 um, he just he looks the scariest to me you know um, it's just kind of a funny movie because you know Freddy's like taking over dude's body he's like <laughs> possessing somebody it's not really like i don't know it doesn't like obey the freddy krueger rules or whatever right but um no. the, the one i prefer actually maybe even the most because it gets away from the comedy aspect is wes craven's new nightmare where everybody plays themselves
1: oh yeah. i loved that movie and he, yeah, dude. And, and, and to your point uh, uh robert england looks i think terrifying in that as well just agreed like yeah I mean, they, his, his they updated his makeup yeah, yeah, That's and he—he cool. he almost looks like
2: bigger, almost like a professional wrestler in West Craven's new nightmare. Ah, oh, I like that yeah. movie. I haven't read the book.
0: <laughs> you go watch <laughs> that movie
2: today. And I already did.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Well, speaking of eighties vampire movies, what's your take on Near Dark?
2: Uh, I mean,
1: I—it's
2: oh, how do you fuck with Near Dark? You know what I mean? It's not my favorite, um, but. I you guess got my the cast
0: day. from aliens in here, you know? Yeah, it's like yeah. carries over. Yeah. I like I the guess... premise. It's this traveling group. It's like gypsy, a band of gypsy uh, vampires, you know, and that the kind of wild west vampire. It came out at the same time as Lost Boys and got lost because Lost Boys was the M T V movie. You know, it was so it's... carried, oh, you know, with all the music and you know, it was the pretty looking movie. Um and Lost Boys and
2: Mr. It, it, Sutherland more... looked so cool in oh, lost he's fantastic. Boys. Like, yeah. yeah, great, great actor. And you I mean you just kind of like took the words right out of my mouth. Like I don't dislike that movie, but it got buried with all of that other stuff mm-hmm. at that point in time in my life. You know what I mean? Like I was, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I was just a little more I, I, I was still pretty young. Like I was five when when Lost Boys came out. Wow. So I'm yeah. so
0: fucking old. Chop,
1: We're fucking old, man. <laughs> the
3: uh Uh, i too have an affinity for like all like the hot you know your fright nights and the lost boys and all that stuff gentlemen i again they're gonna revoke my horror card for this i only just watched over the course of the last six months that 1975
0: salem's lot dude oh yeah
3: and yeah and it blew my mind like I, i read the book and then I watched the movie and I realized watching the movie, I was like, all right, Straker coming down the stairs was like Billy Cole coming up the stairs in Fright Night and they're trying to kill him and he doesn't die and he trying to kill him and he doesn't die. The the little kids floating outside the window asking to be let in, that's Michael floating outside the window. In Lost Boys, yeah, in Lost Boys, dude. Mm-hmm. There was so much shit that, you know, like you know, the the, the evil, the master will kill you for this, Mm -hmm. you know, like all that stuff, like seemed, uh, I guess I just didn't realize what a central point Salem's lot was, man.
0: Yeah. I think it gets lost because it was a, you know, it's a TV movie, David souls and it, but it's really got some creepy moments and, you know, it's, it's the, the vampire makeup. It's the Nosferatu look. Uh, You know, it's, it's uh, certainly a, I think it does withstand time, even though it's been what, jesus 45 years or 40 years or something like that you know um so yeah it's it's
1: still a oh the the teacher the teacher scene too teacher oh, yeah, yeah. it's like oh yeah
3: the teacher uh dude yeah. even the um uh, the tv show that came out a couple of years ago the strain i remember oh, yeah. i remember thinking okay. to myself Yo, the, the straight was fucking cool, right? Yes, yes. And, and, and one of the things that I liked about, dude, for as much as I loved, like, the 92 Bram Stokers and stuff like that, I liked it. I was like, dude, being a vampire is a curse. It's not supposed to be sexy, like, in a certain way. Like, I got I got almost filled up or, like, oh, not full of or just over. I still love the films. But I was like, can we find somebody that gets back to where like it's a curse where it's a terrible affliction Mm -hmm. that you don't want to experience? And I saw that with The Strain and then I'm looking at, surprise, surprise, the master, you know, character from The Strain TV show. And I'm thinking of Salem's Lot and I'm like, oh, somebody just like took that and like, poured amphetamine on it or something dude.
0: like it was wild yeah and you have that and you mix in richard matheson i don't know if you've ever read i am legend
3: oh that's all. one yeah. of my favorite the novella. Books. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah i used to teach that in my english class actually i'll be teaching that this semester as well um oh, that's cool so yeah students are like is it like the will smith movie i'm like no fuck no forget everything you felt <laughs> about that movie the, the only thing about that movie is similar is the name and the fact that there's a guy and a dog and some vampires but other than that um yeah that, that's you get that sense you know, Matheson changed everything. I mean, Romero's zombies yeah. all come from a virus. Everything changed with Matheson's Stephen book. Even King was inspired
1: by Matheson. Yeah, the crazies. I mean, every
0: every one of those things, Matheson has just changed the game when it comes to terms of vampires and zombies and, you know, all those kinds of things. So um, we just celebrated Halloween, uh, you know, recently. So I want to ask you guys, growing up, what was your favorite Halloween costume to wear?
3: until I was 11
0: or 12 years old,
3: alternated without fail, Superman one year, Dracula the next year, and I... uh, Yeah, Yeah. just hang on. uh, Dude, it's funny that you would say that because I had a Dracula cape that was black on the outside and red on the inside. So I was like, uh, uh, there we go. (laughs) We make the switch. I swear to you, I did that until... Like I was literally like 12 years old, just I've never wanted to
2: be anything else other the those few things. Why well, would you, so,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah,
2: anything less would be uncivilized. <laughs> um, I, I was kind of in the same boat, actually. It's funny, we've never talked about this, but there, like kind of interchangeably year after year, I was either Freddy Krueger or Jason. And I remember at a certain point when we had moved to Colorado uh, from Georgia, mom was like, Let's knock it off with all the Jason stuff. Like, we don't want you running around with the fake sword and the blood and everything. So, she gave me a baseball bat. She was like, Be Casey Jones. And I'm like, Cool. I'm Casey Jones with the Jason masks. That's right. Cause
3: he had the mask.
2: He the had Jones the mask on. Thing. Yeah. And so, uh, there was one or two years where I was Casey Jones from Teenage Mutant Beach Turtles. Uh, but other than that, it was always Freddie or Jason, man. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. Um, so, what? was your favorite candy to get at halloween the one thing that you were like yeah i'm gonna eat all 20 of these tonight
2: (laughs) oh oh. butterfingers for me dude yeah (laughs) straight up butterfingers huh i guess i would go with the snickers bite size yeah snickers bite size or every now and then you don't really see these that often but uh do you guys remember like the sour cherry candies they were like lemon heads, but they were cherries and oh. they, they, were, they were in a little box and you get like, I don't know, 10 of them in a little a box. Of those, dude. They're delicious. Yeah, delicious. Somebody handed me one of those just the other day and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you give it oh a bag. they are kind of
0: chewy. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, we're going to make a segue to one of our games and this is a, this is a, we're gonna, this is a one-off question. going could be at random anything. Uh, who's your favorite cartoon character?
3: damn I, I i just thought of like a thousand <laughs> yeah how do you narrow that down
2: that's amazing Hold on. A cartoon character huh uh yeah i'm trying to think about like cartoons that i've watched recently here i got out of the cartoon game pretty young I, you know what I,
3: I i have never uh had a, a disparaging word to say about daffy Duck. I would say that I'm probably a Daffy Duck, man. If I had to, uh, we'll, we'll go
0: with the old Looney Tunes.
3: You know? he, yeah, yeah, he's a button
0: pusher. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll go with Michelangelo, dude. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Cowabunga, right. dude.
0: Nice, nice. <laughs> All right, our first game that we'd like to play with you is called Blast Beats. Since you had mentioned playing Blast Beats, <laughs> this game won't take eight hours. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a simple question. It could be multiple choice. It could be a short answer. Uh, I just want you to give me an answer as quickly as possible. All right. So here we go.
1: Hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Favorite pizza topic? Uh, Pepperoni. Logos? You want to answer these two? Uh, sure. I'm going to go
2: with tomato.
0: Okay. Paperback or Kindle?
1: Kindle.
2: Paperback.
0: All right. PC or Apple?
1: pc apple all right favorite streaming service i'm a netflix man uh no i
2: want
0: to change that to hulu
2: okay hulu's (laughs) great (laughs)
1: got
2: it Uh, i'm a spotify dude all the time
0: okay favorite Mm -hmm. ice cream flavor
2: uh that's got to be the chocolate chip cookie dude. strawberry
0: good uh avengers or justice league
2: uh avengers even though i'm a superman guy i was gonna say i'm going justice league on that one
0: star trek or star wars
3: i know we're supposed to answer quickly but
0: (laughs) uh i I gotta go trek
3: yeah i go i
2: go trek because of the card
0: nice okay excellent uh bigfoot or loch ness monster loch ness monster
2: I'm going to go with
3: Bigfoot because I like beef jerky. (laughs) I'm going with Loch Ness Monster because the one scenario where I know for a fact that I would die of fright, I would shock myself with fear until I died, is if I was floating alone in Loch Ness with fog over the water, whether the thing was in there or it wasn't there, I would be so nervous that it was going to kick. I would turn off like an off switch. You know? <laughs> Just
1: ooh,
2: right into the water. That's right. That's, That's right.
0: Well. Dracula or Frankenstein?
2: Dracula. Dracula. Yeah.
0: Okay. How do you like your steak cooked?
2: Medium. Uh, I'm actually more medium well. Yeah. Okay. Favorite sport? I'll go with uh, t- it's technically
3: a sport. I'm not really a sports guy, but it made it into the Olympics. Taekwondo. I have a first degree black
0: belt in Taekwondo. Oh, nice! So that's how you got that crazy guy out of the bus. Nice. <laughs>
3: that, <laughs> I, I, it was the one and only time I've had to employ my my ancient art there.
2: <laughs> nice. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with women's beach volleyball.
1: Okay, there you
2: go. Solid fucking pick.
0: There you go. Yeah, I mean, I I watch in the yeah. the Olympics. Uh, it's just like I couldn't do that. Not for a million fucking dollars could I run around like that and and do what they do. It's like nope. They're all. I love volleyball, but I'm me. I like playing on the big you know team with like you know six players or five players. That's fine, but two. It's like no, no. I, I'm built like a linebacker. I can't run. You know, <laughs> don't don't ask me to run. Um. Okay. Favorite movie snack. Uh,
1: favorite
2: movie snack would be
3: milk duds
2: for me. Uh, I mean, popcorn, it's hard to mess with movie theater popcorn, but uh, if I, like, I would differentiate popcorn from candy, so I'm going to go popcorn, and then Twistler's Pull and Peel. Okay. Yeah,
0: Yeah, if they could make a car freshener that smelled like movie theater popcorn, yeah, I'd never leave my car. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Okay, your favorite subject in school? English. Math. Your least favorite subject in school? Math. English.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there we go.
0: Something <laughs> getting a sense of why you guys work out so well together.
2: <laughs> uh, your favorite board game? I gotta go Scrabble. I'm a Scrabble man. Chess all day long.
0: Nice. All right. Uh, your favorite Christmas gift? One year for my 60th birthday,
3: I received for Christmas a gigantic can of SpaghettiOs with meatballs. It was exactly what I wanted and I ate the entire thing in one
0: sitting. Nice. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. Oh, did you warm uh, up or did you just eat it right out of the can?
3: Uh, that's lost to time now. All that I know is that it, I did almost wake up as if in a daze
2: just covered in like the remains of spaghetti and stuff yeah i'm picturing you like putting a hole in one side of the can and then just like shotgunning the spaghetti yeah opening it
3: up and
0: sucking it down
3: yeah Yeah. my only regret my only regret is not michael j foxing it from team (laughs) that's what i should have done dude
1: (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, and then as your teeth popped out, then you could still eat it because they're so soft with all the gums. You know, See that? teeth.
3: You can you can still get the reward. <laughs> That's right. Uh, despite yeah. it being a
2: Pyrrhic victory. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and for me, I would go with a. Uh, the first eight, I'm sorry, the first seven string guitar that I ever got, uh, I had it on layaway back in the day, and my parents went and paid off the rest of it. I still had like $200 left to pay on this guitar. And uh, and so I got that for Christmas one year, and it made me cry. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, it did. Made me Excellent. cry. Nice. Um, okay,
0: your celebrity crush? <laughs> uh,
3: Kate McKinnon, and she's so gay. She, I just... <laughs>
0: Salma well, Hayek. Yeah. Salma. Yeah. That's a long line for both of those ladies. Right? Yeah. I hear, I, hear <laughs> I hear you.
3: Oh, you uh, know what, though? Christy ricci as well. I love them both so much. I can't choose. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, ladies, if you're watching and would love to join us for Heavy Metal Horror, please know you're always welcome. There right. You go. Um, right. Path Logos will probably join us again if you're going to be on. So, um, Okay, the uh, best concert you've ever attended.
3: The best concert that I ever attended, and this circles a little bit back to what we were discussing before about the difference in the size of a venue, like venue sizes. I was at a venue in Hoboken, New Jersey called Maxwell's, and I saw a Canadian vocal group called moxie fruvis and mock for all of the other performances that I have ever seen in my life they were perfectly in just brilliant pristine vocal harmony I'm a vocals guy you know what I mean? Like uh, part of the reason why I ended up uh, uh, being attracted to the drum set, it's a myriad of different reasons. But one of the reasons was after a lifetime of like asthma and sinus issues, I was like, well, Paul, your hands can't catch a cold. You know what I mean? Like you, you're not going to blow out your hands, vocal cords, but I sang before I did anything else. And so, although I love the drum set, I've given that uh, my life to that instrument. What I think of what the purest music is, I still to this day maintain that the purest music is the music of the human voice. And so Moxie Fruvis at Maxwell's place isn't even there anymore. In Hoboken, New Jersey, that was the best one I've ever been to.
1: Nice. Hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's a, I've, that's hard for me to pick. I guess the first one that comes to mind and I'm not, I have to preface this by saying that I'm I'm not like a big Slipknot fan, but I did see Slipknot when that first album came out and they opened up for Dope and Coal Chamber at the yeah. Ogden.
0: Coal Chamber is great.
2: Yeah, Coal Chamber, man. Yeah, Slipknot was opening up for them and uh, they couldn't even fit them on the stage. The place was so small. So it goes into talking about the small intimate venue Like, you can't see Slipknot like that now. You're only going to see them in an arena. They're too big. Dude, I saw them them in, like, a 500-cap room. It was crazy.
0: Chop and I went to go see uh, Grip Inc., uh, Dave Lombardo's. Oh, no shit, dude! and, and, And Cold Chamber open for them uh, oh, we were both okay, thinking like hey she's kind of cute let's let's uh you know and that was uh, that was a great show because we 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 uh, got there and we, there was nobody there and we saw in Voldemort Sorcha was just in the corner uh, so mm-hmm. we talked to him for an hour just the three of us yeah you know and we're like <sighs> fucking amazing and so yeah. we, we got on his side of the stage he like waves to us you know and that was that was one of those few moments that I got to make a connection with yeah. you know, with the artist
1: because yeah, between songs meet, uh, yeah, uh, Raina, coaching. I know. Yeah. yeah oh, right. oh, yeah. Yeah. She yes. put a little heart on my those old singles, put a little heart there. Love Raina or something. Uh-huh. I, was kind of with her. I was kind of hoping to, but yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I got to, uh, oh, I got gosh. to yell on yeah. stage to Dave. Yeah. I said,
0: Dave, I love you. I want to have your baby. And um, <laughs> I could see him just kind of like looking down like, oh, I'm like, yes, Dave Lombardo heard me. <laughs> <laughs> he knows I want to have his baby. Uh, and then like Baltimore asked us, like, it's like before they went on, it's like, Hey, can you, you guys, can you like take us to the Cleveland or the rock and roll hall of fame? Cause we're, live near Cleveland. I'm like, Oh uh, yeah, certainly. And we can let's after the show, let's go fucking do that. And I'm like, chop, I have no fucking clue how to get there from here, Well, we will find a way to get these guys to the hall of fame. Um, but you know, didn't pan out, but still we, we had grand dreams of hanging out, but my slight yeah. moment of fame with, with Dave Lombardo
2: that's oh. awesome paul is a, is a, a lombardo
0: fan yeah I,
3: i'm a dyed in the wool lombardo guy he's for so sure good.
0: he's so good yeah. i mean that's one thing i like about grip so much is that he showed off a lot of the different types of chops that he had it's not just a not just a blast beat guy not just a speed drummer although very few drummers are going to parallel what he can do what he did with slayer but he was just able to bring in all these really intricate rhythms and this, that was a, such a an underrated band you know yeah oh yeah yeah they
3: were they, that that was uh uh, hostage to heaven specifically that song there's Uh, something about the way when he breaks into the double kick roll I literally every single time it's like I envision a rocket ship
0: fucking just ascending into space
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. oh it's it's amazing it's amazing and they were just on fire live I mean it was just so, so great and it was at a small venue where you could like you know touch them you know like you said just three feet away you know? Um, so no, I get it. Well, speaking of let's, before we get to our last question in, in the uh, blast beat, who is your favorite drummer of all time? My
3: favorite drummer of all time is a man called Dennis Chambers. Dennis Chambers. He's a studio musician. He's played with everybody ranging from uh, Parliament Funkadelic to Santana. And he is a true uh, genius of the craft for you know, more than I like your Lombardos and your Hoaglands and your Sean Reinerts and stuff like that, those guys are all masters but De- uh Dennis chambers, uh, even among the, the others that he 's the other luminaries who get mentioned around his name, people like Vinnie caliuta and Dave Weckel and stuff Dennis chambers to me all, all i 'm going to say is you know and, and I'm glad that you can't get sued for ripping drum licks off of somebody because <laughs> I would owe Dennis Chambers a lot of money. And don't nice. get me wrong, I'm
0: not, su- I'm not suggesting that I can He's do an influence.
3: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly, I- right. <laughs>
3: I'm like Dennis Chambers if you ordered him off of Wish.com and then put him in the microwave for thirty
0: seconds. Sure, right, so exactly. that's <laughs> pretty much. Uh. Yeah, it's like the way it's like pizza rolls in the microwave. Like, yeah, it's close enough, right? I Yeah, no, no, I, I, I totally get that. Uh, no, because I mean, I, I learned how to play drums by, by playing to moving pictures. That was like you know, so that was how I that was how I learned by playing to music, you know? So I get, I yeah. totally, totally. When you find someone who's your mentor, master or kind of thing, uh, you just want to mimic and you want to like yeah. learn their craft, knowing it's going to be a shallow imitation at best, but you still want to know what drives them. And uh, no, that's I get right. It. Yeah. That's a, yeah,
3: that's a great way to put it, man. Yeah. You put that very well.
0: Damn. And, and, and a guitar, who's your favorite guitarist?
2: Oh, uh, uh, boy, you know, it, it, I probably would have had an easier time answering the drum question, to tell you the truth. Uh, well, if you wanted to who's your favorite drummer,
0: that's fine, too. I mean, I'm totally cool with that.
2: Uh, I actually, I, yes, I do. And I'll yeah. tell you why. Because I don't necessarily have a favorite drummer, per se. I've got a lot of favorites, but I have a favorite drum producer, Terry Date. And any record that Terry Date has ever engineered or produced, Paul can attest to this. Sure. I've got a massive boner for Terry Date's <laughs> drums on record so so,
0: okay that makes all the difference in the world drumming mic drumming and and so they can sound everything you can hear everything
2: on its own
0: and and in in the mix yeah that's that's a rare treat
2: It's super hard to fuck with, Um, and especially because you're aware, being a drummer, you've got, you know, anywhere from 8 to 12 to 16, I don't know, 32 instruments being mic'd up and having to be recorded and put into a sonic spectrum Mm -hmm. and made to fit and sound good.
0: Yeah, and you want every symbol to sound like it's supposed to sound and not just some thin wash, which, you know, no, 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 I'm playing a Pisces root because I wanted to sound like a fucking Pisces root, you know,
2: Exactly. (laughs) Right. And in my opinion, Terry Date has just always delivered on drums. I mean, even going back as a kid, like some of my favorite CDs that I listened to are records, like surprise, surprise. The reason I like the drum so much is because Terry Date fucking produced those records. Did he do around the fur? Yeah. Oh no. Pantera, bro.
1: Oh
2: fuck. Yeah, that's Rush right. Well and, and
1: worked with and yeah. many, many it, others.
2: Dude, yeah. Honestly, any band, I mean, the list of his credits is so long, we'd be here all day and all night yeah. listing him off. But any band that's got an exceptional drummer, they've probably worked with Terry Date in some capacity at some point in time. It's oh, just, nice. I mean, the, the guy's just amazing. Excellent. But, and then I guess to, to quickly answer, like, favorite guitar players, it's really hard to fuck with Dimebag Daryl. I yeah. mean, he's just... He, yeah. he, he was the guy, I mean, I listened to, or I should not say listened to, I learned all of the Pantera songs. Once my guitar teacher was killed, that was kind of like how I learned to play after that. We even went and visited the grave sites in Arlington when we were there. That's right. So yeah, I'd have to mm-hmm. say, have to say Dimebag as far as yeah. guitar players go. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And our last question in the Blast Beats, your favorite scene from This Is Spinal Tap?
2: Oh, I love this question, dude. Or if you have a favorite,
0: or a favorite line,
2: you know? So. Oh my god! Okay, I have to. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to turn the stack around on you. Okay. Have you seen the commentary to the Spinal Tap DVD?
0: Both as Michael McKean and Harry Shearer, Christopher Guest, and as Spinal Tap. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. The Spinal Tap one is like okay when you thought it couldn't get any funnier. It's like, Dude. oh, fucking God. Are you serious? Can we get yeah. No, you can't get it. You know. Yeah. How much okay, more funny so- can this be? None. None more funny. Right. <laughs> None more funny.
2: My favorite. Yeah. Okay. So my favorite line from Spinal Tap has got to be the Spinal Tap commentary on Spinal Tap where when anybody comes up, they're like, oh, he's dead. Oh, he's dead.
3: <laughs> yeah. He's dead. He's all, oh, or, yeah. Uh, we,
2: I had her. Yes, that's
0: right. <laughs> yeah. and that, right. She, oh, well, she's had a bit of work. So
3: I had a bit of work. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> And, then, oh, and the the scene, yeah. You know what? I, I gotta go with it. The scene where uh, the drummers in the bath, that this is mix only recorded bath. <laughs> 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 I, I yeah, oh yeah, it, it's such a classic movie and so funny, and then they found this way to breathe entirely new life into it. Speaking of which, so the the later, like post-Godzilla 1985. No, no, I'm sorry. This is a Gamera movie. Gamera, it was Gamera Attack of Legion. Yeah, have have you heard? You have to have. They had the the different audio tracks you know you could hear it in english you could hear it in japanese and then you could hear it in (laughs) texarcana oh
0: nice i i didn't know you were a kaiju fan
3: uh well i mean i definitely i'm a giant lizard stomping on a city guy for sure (laughs) okay
0: i did my master's thesis on godzilla so yeah awesome that's the
3: greatest
0: combination of words i've ever heard of (laughs) I, I have an MA in popular culture, and I did a. It was Godzilla as ideological expression in Japanese culture. So I did wow. Shinto, I did history, I did politics. You know, yeah. So that's fucking. I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, no. Godzilla,
3: 1985. There is a high likelihood. Movie City 5 on Route 18 in East Brunswick. Oh, yeah. And that was long since gone. Mm-hmm. Godzilla 1985, if I remember correctly, I think that's the first movie I ever saw. Oh, and yeah. I was what a traumatic funny. ending. Yeah. Uh, I didn't stand a chance, guys. No, I was no, like, of
0: course. You, you know, know, you're just like gonna God, fall. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, Godzilla's crying and dying. No, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the prime minister's like weeping
3: as he's <laughs> screeching for. Oh, it's so tragic. Yeah, but not not as tragic as the scene at the end of Monster Squad where Frankenstein's monsters oh, win. Yes,
0: I, I it's like heartbreaking. Him. Like you know he's gotta go, but you don't want him to. It's like yeah, I it's can't like, even. T- yeah, it's like hearing the see. Hendersons. Do you need a minute? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. Oh, like, they make you care for these characters, and then they take them away. Like you sons of bitches! You know, it's like, come Assets. on, man. Yeah, I, I totally get. Oh. It. I totally get it. Well, to Damn. to get you, we're going to play another game. This is our last game. We're going to play. Uh, this, this one's called the hot seat, and this yeah. one because it tends to make people squirm a little bit. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to name a band, and then I want you to tell me your favorite album by that band. Ooh. Okay. So we we coined it the hot seat because a lot of people got uncomfortable because they were, you know, people in the metal industry, like not knowing some of the bands and like, I've never listened to that band. They kind of felt embarrassed or whatever. It's like, no, no, no no embarrassment. You like what you like. So here we go. All right. I'll start with an easy one. Black Sabbath.
2: I like the first record band. Uh, Paranoid for me. Excellent. Uh, Judas Priest. We just went back on Judas. Yeah, Bruce. yeah. What, screaming for vengeance? Uh The, I mean, British Steel. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Queensryche. i
3: I'm um, weak on my Queensryche, man. I, I regret to say.
2: Um, I am aware of Queensryche, but I don't. I don't like Jeff Tate, dude. Okay, I'll break it down for you. Yeah.
0: All right, no problem. Um, Dream Theater. Uh, images of words. Same. No. Okay iced earth
3: uh i've done a little bit of homework on that but i liked what i heard but i don't know that i could commit to a full record of uh i just i'm not as
2: familiar um yeah. same I, I actually i couldn't name one iced earth record for you
0: okay they're like iron maiden on steroids you know that's right. how i look at them right yeah. they're, they're similar
2: they,
3: um, they are an english band right no they're american no they're an american, yeah, they? american band yeah yeah, yeah oh,
1: and of course, you know, John Schaefer, uh, he has to have one of the fastest rhythm hands I've ever seen picking. Oh, no shit. And in fucking tense. So, yeah. Seen him live a few times and got to actually meet him at a VIP thing one Oh, cool. Two. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> so, All
0: right. Motorhead.
1: Go
3: ahead. <laughs> Records, I don't know as much. For me, it's more individual songs. Okay. Like, I, I could listen to the song Overkill 50 times in a row and not yeah, get sick of great it. Great so. song.
2: Yeah, and I'm trying to think, I think what is that? Is that Texas Bandits or something? and na- I'm trying to think of the name of that album that the that it's on. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure the record. That's
1: that's on. A- not sure. Is it called Chop? is it
2: Ace of Spades? that is that the name of the Ace of, of Spades album? is a is yeah. an album.
1: Yeah. it yeah, yeah, okay. look like Texas Bandits on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Album. Uh are you are you into the death metal like Carcass? Are you familiar with them? Heartwork. Oh yeah, Heartwork's phenomenal. Yeah
2: um yeah i would go same with heartwork work uh when it comes to carcass um traced in air was another well traced in air was cynic, cynic. oh that's right i'm sorry i'm getting them two, getting those two mixed up yeah. all right okay dio Ooh. Oh, now this i like again
3: i've i've I was underexposed to Dio, so I love songs like Rainbow in the Dark and Last in Line and stuff, but I couldn't name an entire record man. Well, Last uh, in that, Line is an album name, so
0: there you oh, go. Right, okay.
3: I was going to say Last you in Line. Is- just made it by the skin. <laughs> just of
0: got it in, <laughs> man. You keep your metal card today. Uh, <laughs> and so Dio? Uh,
2: Last in Line, for sure. Oh, Last
0: in Line? Okay, oh, cool. Killer, yeah. such good, yeah.
2: So good. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, the Beatles. Oh, we've talked about. That. Oh man, I I can't. I,
3: I, I, rubber soul, man. You know, I I I, I, I wanted to say Revol- like I can't. I I don't know. There are That's so many tracks video. on
0: both of those. Those are a toss-up. I love Revolver. Yeah. You know, particularly the last track. You know, it's just like okay, now we're now we're now we're going into a new territory here. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Sergeant Pepper's guy.
2: Yeah. Great sergeant album. pepper's lonely hearts club band i love it dude it's so good
0: yeah just the pinnacle of of what you can do with the studio and just all amazing and when, when you don't have to worry about the pressures of touring and you know you just you just create um okay rush
3: i uh this i i i like again individual songs but yeah. i don't know that i could go with a whole record man okay. the um i i i, I like Neil Peart is an unarguable genius and it's a tremendous loss that he's passed away. But like, as like, you're, you're a drummer. There's almost an unspoken code that you're supposed to say that you're obsessed with Neil Peart and Mm -hmm. you're supposed to say that you're obsessed with bottom. And whereas for me, I like what I've heard from both of them, but Mm -hmm. they're not like my core dudes the way that they are with other people.
0: So I, I I never have really not being a tremendous fan of Led Zeppelin or or Bonham I, like it's not that he's a bad drummer he was you know years child. old eighteen Legend. years old playing these amazing licks but to me Peart is like run circles or play circles around oh, I mean, the technicality yeah. just like Mike Portnoy and these other dr- drummers are just even going on you know even further uh, from you know from those steps but all that progressive vein you know oh just yeah. there's just something something to it uh well you had already mentioned the next one is opeth and you'd already mentioned blackwater park so mm-hmm. do you, you any if I, you don't I, if you don't know an album a song would be fine no you know what
3: i would go with the my arms your hearse record man
0: oh yeah okay excellent are you are you familiar with their newer stuff at all are you listening to like uh and and vena and vena caught Cotta vena what's anyone chop the yeah it's
1: it... Yeah, it's run it. Tight yeah, away,
0: or or sure. or Sorceress, or um, any of those last couple albums they've done, because they've gone ah. to clean vocals and it's more jazzy. It's more, ex- almost more experimental in some ways. Yeah.
3: I, yeah, I'm only peripherally aware of that stuff, you know, like Michael Ackerfeld's death metal scream. Mm-hmm. It just, it just happens to be one of the sickest vocal tones for that vocal style that I've ever yeah. heard. Yeah. So I have an attachment sort of to that era. Okay. Uh, but, but I do understand, yeah, that they've kind of like spaced it out a little bit. They've gone through a pretty significant uh,
2: change sound
3: wise. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, really- I, I
2: prefer the older stuff where they're mixing more of the death metal and kind mm-hmm. of like the almost like folk inspired kind of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. That's what I love about them. I mean, I was so surprised. Uh, it, it came up as a suggestion on my like computers jukebox like, oh, if you like this band, try Opeth. I'm like, who the hell is that? So I just, you know, um, acquired some songs, let's always say. Uh, from a free candy store, and I'm like, oh, these guys mm-hmm. are phenomenal, and, and I just became uh, media fans, and that was about the time of the era, you know, with Blackwater Park, and uh, and they just, listening to them as they progress as a band, that's, that's one thing that's really exciting is to see how they've changed over time, but still remain, like, true to the core you know it's, yeah it's kind of beautiful and uh, their
2: fans their fans have stuck with them like through yeah venom, that
0: you know? i'll give you that it seems
3: to be that people who were fans of opeth a significant fraction of them maybe more so than you would see with other bands when they change their sound that much people are just on the opeth trade
1: man yeah
0: yeah it, it's so good it's like and as a musician i appreciate it and like sometimes it takes a little while to warm up to the new stuff because it's like again it's like such a large leap from like wow what are you guys doing but then once you get into it you're like oh okay i get it you kind of discover the genius behind it all you know so uh okay just a few more in in our in our hot seat uh iron maiden
3: the uh uh I, we i actually i confess to you I, for a very long time i was not a priest and baby guy and i only just started doing my homework we
2: actually were, we were just on the road recently we went back on the mm-hmm the what was it the uh we did iron maiden and then we did killers and then we got up to fear fear of the dark i believe yeah oh, okay.
3: that murders in the ruborg dude yeah that's just what yeah. i was gonna say
2: that's on killers killers yeah. is really good man. Killers really is, good.
0: is a good um yeah yeah you know, get that punk inspired kind of stuff coming in and it all changed the number of the beasts you know um yeah. even more so in peace of mind when nico mcbrain uh you know came in yeah uh Yeah, I would agree with
2: you there. Yeah, we were kind of brushing up on all that because I guess I didn't realize just how many band member changes they had in the beginning. It's like
0: fucking Spinal Tap. It's
2: like 35 members (laughs) who have through that band, you know? Except except your drummers don't don't
1: burst into flame. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But once that dude, once Nico was in the band, I mean, it was like Paul and I were talking about it. He's Basically, like doing double kick runs on his hi hats, dude. Yeah. The whole time. And a single foot, he's got this fast single yeah. foot. It's like
0: insane. Like, once I went to a double bass, I never looked back. And it's like, I'm watching him, like, fuck, man, your foot's just going crazy, you know?
3: Dude, that you really, honestly, what, yeah, when you get to the point with Maiden where the, I guess what you think of as the classic lineup is crystallized, and finally comes together, you're listening to him, uh, you know, like run to the hit. There was stuff that we were listening to where it was, like, run to the hills, like, your single stroke roll can't suck, and and, Mm -hmm. and you play run to the hills, but there was (laughs) stuff that he was doing with that that hand-to-hand single stroke on the hat stuff that was, like, fucking 20 or 25 BPM faster than that, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, if this dude was doing a blast beat right now, he could, like he could just have the spot in any grind band, and the dude is like doing it in the 80s dude it was fucking.
1: Yeah.
3: it made a lot of sense real quick why why made are the legends that they are dude? Yeah, yeah and they're still
0: they're touring the states now it's just amazing that you know like they, these guys have uh, just continue to continue to get great. new audiences yeah this is phenomenal okay two more and, and we've only got a few more questions and then we'll wrap it up and get you guys back to your Lovely evening. Uh okay. Two more albums on the uh hot seat. Slayer. Oh
2: rain in fucking blood, dude. yeah Okay. Since you said rain and blood, I'm gonna switch it up. But I loved God Hates Us All. Oh yes. Yes. great album. I, yeah. I thought God Hates Us I All. It. I mean, yeah. especially considering the day it came out. I mean, it's right. like yeah, it's almost prophetic, you know? Yeah, yeah. such yeah. a killer album.
0: I think one of their best other of their, of their- more modern era albums i think it's it's certainly better than the last couple albums they put out which it seems just kind of thin like creatively and 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 melodically it's just kind of like eh. but god hates us all is it's it's a phenomenal album um okay this one's for fun kiss what album from kiss is your favorite i fellas, i missed the boat on kiss i did
2: it's kind of
3: uh, uh, and, uh, surprising about the people say that to me you're like you don't know like the rapturous joys
2: because it is it's truly a phenomenon yeah. yeah Kiss is Kiss is an interesting story now I'm not going to tell you I'm a fan of Kiss by any stretch of the imagination but we are talking about production standpoints right uh and so simply because of the production standpoint I'm going to go with Kiss Alive uh, because you've mm-hmm. got Eddie, they tapped Eddie Kramer, who is famous for engineering and recording Jimi Hendrix back in the day. And he was responsible for getting that big live sound that Kiss was missing on their previous records. Yeah. Uh, that just couldn't, it just couldn't be conveyed. So, uh, yeah, dude, I got to go with Kiss a All
0: right. Yeah, because Hotter Than Hell is real yeah. sludgy. Yeah. Or not so uh, yeah, Hotter Than Hell is real sludgy, and then you got a dress to dress the kill, which is real thin and tinny. It's like, Come on, can't mm-hmm. you guys find a happy middle? But yeah, you take a you're taking a, a bad live recording and then fixing all the mistakes and adding in and pumping a lot more fake audience noise in. It was a phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, no, I totally get it uh speaking of fans because you know chop and i both grew up in the uh day of kiss you know that was that was awesome as a 10 year old that's who made me want to be a a musician was gene simmons you know i want to yeah i want to wear armor and spit blood what come on look at the fucking boots you know (laughs) Um, right dude so okay we're all fans of other artists i want to know what your favorite piece of memorabilia is oh
1: like
3: that, that like that we received at a show
0: Yeah, or anything like, you know, you're a fan of somebody else, a favorite piece of memorabilia, whether it's an autograph or a T-shirt or something that has meaning to you or, you know, something that you've gotten from a, from another group or something, a fan, you know, group that you like, your favorite piece of memorabilia.
3: You know what, man? So now, like, the one thing that I was circling back just for a second to kiss, the one thing that I will absolutely say from what I can Plainly observe about them is that much like a band like the Beatles, Kiss seems responsible for seeding the desire to be a, a musician or an artist for an unbelievable number of people, man. You know, because, yeah, like I guess if you're a young kid, you're seeing that display you know to like yeah i could definitely see that kind of getting in there like a tick and being like that yeah. looks fucking awesome
0: yeah comic book <clears throat> come to life you know larger than yeah. life characters it was just like on Super display dope. four characters that you know each have their own personality you're attracted you're drawn to one of them for whatever reason and me being a horror guy i saw the dragon boots i saw the spitting the blood and the wearing armor i'm like well oh, fuck that's all i need man
3: yeah exactly right so nobody
0: wanted to be
1: peter chris though
0: (laughs) (laughs) peter chris didn't want to be peter chris
1: you know (laughs) drumming style but that's but honestly
3: fellas that circles back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the the pod yeah where it was like okay so technically speaking you might not have been the most impressive technician zillionaire boys Yeah. yeah those those dudes can buy all the bite-sized Snickers they want. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, yeah. Uh, yeah. No
2: matter, like, if anybody wants to be the cat guy or anything like that, you know he's not upset when he gets those Beth checks. Oh, yeah. Right,
3: exactly. The Beth checks,
0: dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: But uh, I, I get so back to the, uh, the idea. So the contradictions collapse, none sort of double record that Nuclear Blast put out. Um there's something to me. I was so influenced by the sugar. That's something actually the Kyle I've been doing for a really long time. We can't play any sugar songs. But we worked out between ourselves a proprietary system for how to authentically write in that style. And I got news for you. It doesn't start with him with a guitar and me in a drum set working out in the room. It's me sitting in my underpants with a cup of coffee wet manuscript paper being like, oh, that's going to be so heavy. You know, like, <laughs> and so then like, yeah, sugar just affected me so much. The photograph of those dudes on the inside of the Contradictions Collapse None uh, uh, EPs, you just open it up and they're just, it's got to be like the late 80s or the early 90s or something. And they're just like these young lions bringing this amazing sound. And it, it was literally just them like their faces dude standing in front of some industrial park somewhere it didn't have all of like the pop and the larger than life energy of the of an image of somebody like gene simmons but that was almost in, in that case what appealed to me about it it's just like they just look like they're these regular dudes bump into them at a supermarket and wouldn't think twice but then they get on stage and they're making this like legendary transcendent art in the in, in a genre of music that's hard you know for a lot of reasons because it's so loud so much and everything there's so much pressure and intensity you know to create music that beautiful I was just like I don't know, it's just
2: that's such a cool picture to me to this day I love that photograph man Nice. And uh, for me, I caught a Dimebag Daryl guitar pick uh, on. You never told me that. You, yeah, I still, I still have it. It's, uh, it's got Cowboys from Hell on one side, and on the other side, you flip it over, and it says Dimebag Daryl, smoke whiskey on it. And it's, uh, <laughs> I've got it. I keep it downstairs. Um, it's it like in my box of like stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, that way, I never lose it. Keep it with like my passport, my social security card. Uh, uh, you,
3: you can let your passport expire. Just show the pick. They'll let you
0: go anywhere That's in the world. Right. Yep. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Nice. nice. <laughs> and our last question that we'd like to ask, uh, what are your plans for 2023? Um, you, know, you just finished with the tour. Are you going to have like new music? Are you going to go back on tour or something else? Doing a movie like, you know, Log- Pathos and Logos Meet the Phantom of the Park or something like that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's funny. Uh, <laughs> lots, of, lots of plans for... Lots of plans for 2023 already. Um, I mean, we've already got, we just got word from our booking agent this weekend that we've got, uh, we've started to get booked into April already. So we're already heading out to, well, we can't tell you yet, but
1: that's cool. um,
2: yeah, we're already heading out on tour starting in April. Um, New music is on the way. We were actually just going over some uh, some of the new tunes right now before this started up. Um, Let's see here, what else? Well, definitely in terms of our stage performance,
3: uh, one of the things that's p- baked in pretty at the the base fundamental level of what we do is that uh, we ca- we kind of came up with, I- I'm not comfortable calling it our, our own religion or something, but definitely our own sort of like spiritual and inner path that is based off of music uh, and based off of the system of language and iconography that we created. And uh i brought the book kyle maybe i'll show him the book but uh and so one of the things that we're definitely going to do is kind of we've we present uh, what we do on stage sort of as a ritual and so the ritualistic or the cabalistic element uh that we've baked in we're going to kind of ramp that up for next year
0: oh nice it's kind of like mm-hmm. um baby metal meets the illuminati you know <laughs> you're not wrong no, I mean, right. like. yeah uh nice um we do we need to bring like raincoats you're not gonna be like splattering us with blood like at a gallagher show we're not gonna be doing anything like that or holding, no holding well, the first yeah. three rows kids right you know? <laughs> right well
3: so basically I, I have to show you now I have yeah to please show you. you have to see it but uh so we've got a couple of these books this is the most recent one that we made uh, it's not complete yet, but what you see on the inside of it—oh
0: yeah, yeah, nice. Oh wow, that's awesome. Very cool. Like, it's like the Necronomicon, you know? Don't fucking summon yeah. the demons with that
3: one, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fellas. I don't. I don't say this to a lot of people, but like, I, I'm a Lovecraft guy. Oh, kind yeah. of, pro- kind of problematic because the dude was. So, so racist, <laughs> like so. Yeah, it's, it's
1: you gotta it give it.
0: I can separate artists from art, yeah. you know. And then when you understand the racism came from more being like an arrogant fucking New Englander versus mm. just like like we're the we're the cream of the crop and everyone else is shit. You, you can yeah. understand a little bit more, but still, yeah. writing. his writing, yeah, so just,
3: his yep. writing, dude. And so like you you you're familiar with him They yeah. say that the Necronomicon's uh, original name in Arabic was Al Azif uh and uh so i do sort of refer to this as my own personal al azif nice but-
0: I, yeah the Necronomicon is great i had it in college you know i read it and i was hoping to summon demons with it no i couldn't get it again, <laughs> man well <laughs> so so we're keeping away from the demon thing but i just okay. want to state that you sure, know sure. on certain terms
3: but <laughs> okay. every every sigil that you see mm-hmm. is connected to a rhythm and so the use of those rhythms in our music essentially makes each song a de facto spell. Nice. And, and oh, so wow. that's kind of, <laughs> okay. we the our most recent record, which we created an album format for, we created an album format called the codex, mm-hmm. trying to square the circle of, how do you give somebody the physical talisman like you have with a cassette tape or a CD or a vinyl? But what do you do when everybody's record player is their phone now? Yeah, right. So c- comes as a tarot card set uh, or also comes in like a coffee table book format with the you know the the uh, album art, which we believe in pretty intensely. You wanted to make sure that that was relevant again. Mm-hmm. And then on the back, it's QR code. So you can access the music and tour stuff on the back. Nice. But uh, but uh, the, uh, ultimately, yeah, just that our most recent record was supposed to function unto itself as like a ritual, the four songs. True. And then uh, th- the next one is definitely almost as if each song is going to be its own ritual. I love so, that. That's awesome.
0: I, I hope your concert oh, t-shirt reminds me of Black Sabbath mob rules in some way, shape, or form. I mean, that is like <laughs> one of the most metal violent you know like like so creepy uh album covers of, of all time you know so uh Love. that is that is really fucking sweet guys i mean seriously that is like awesome thank you man. um for, so yeah yeah totally um when i i do want to find out like whenever you're releasing the 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 tour notes i i do hope there's a stop in ohio um that would be nice in the cleveland area but you don't have to say anything it's okay we can wait until we're we're done recording um but i just want to thank you oh hold on before we ask before we go we always ask our guests if you wouldn't mind doing a bumper for us this is this is logos and you're you're watching And listening to Heavy Metal Horror, would you be able to do something like that for us?
2: Absolutely. Oh, yeah.
0: Fantastic. I will let you go.
2: All right. Hey, everyone. I'm Kyle. And I'm Paul. Together, we're Pathos Logos, And you're listening to Heavy Metal
1: Horror.
0: Thank you so much. Um, and I want to thank you guys for being on the show. This has been just so much fun to, to, to ask you some questions and, and uh, to get to know you. And just, uh, thank you for, for taking some time to spend it with us
2: thanks for having us fellas hopefully we could do it again this was great yeah yeah this was a lot of fun i know we can we get excited so we just start talking and stuff like that no that's Um, fine
0: we we, we had a blast with you (laughs) yeah let's definitely love for you you to come back yeah Uh, sometime next year yeah uh next year would be great we um you know sometime when you're you know we'll find out when the tour is but yeah we'd love to have you back on that'd be great awesome yeah let's do it consider
2: it consider it done homie
0: that's wonderful thank you
2: all right thank you
0: yeah we're going to do our commercial we're going to get out of here and we're going to invite you to say heavy metal horror with us so all right hey you can find heavy metal horror on unsaneradio.com listen to full episodes or download to your device you can find us on facebook heavy metal horror podcast on instagram look for montag lewis one word our youtube page heavy metal horror podcast if you're watching that's probably where you're at and we're also uh don't forget to hit the like and subscribe buttons and we're also on roku hotel metal jam if you know, someone who'd like our show, tell about us. This has been Montag, Master of Illusion. Chopped up. And you've been watching and listening to. All right, guys, bring up the horns. Heavy, Heavy
1: Metal, Metal, Metal Horror. horror. <laughs> this is Doug Helvering, and you have been listening to Heavy Metal Horror, the best podcast that you've never heard before.